You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Today we're getting back into our series, week three of our series, called I Want to Believe, But. I want to believe, but. So you see, what we've been doing in this series is we're looking at some reasons that people maybe have a hard time believing in God sometimes or trusting him. And what we're seeing in this series, it's sometimes it's not so much that we don't believe in God, but we have kind of a distorted view in some areas about what's really going on, right? And because of that distorted view, we sometimes have a hard time believing because we're actually looking at it from a, from, a, from a different perspective. And back in week one, when we started the series, Pastor Karen did a great job of showing us and reminding us that just because we don't feel God all the time doesn't mean he's not there, right? Just because just we don't always get the feels doesn't mean that God isn't there. In fact, what we learned was that God is always present. God is always with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We learned that in week one. And then in week two, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the ATM God. You remember the ATM God, right? The at this moment God. Like, I want it now. I want what I want. But what we learned, (laughs) God may not always give us what we think we want, but he'll always give us what we really need. Remember, we talked about that difference between wants and needs. We all have them, right? We all want what we want, but God will always give us what we need. So here in week three of our series, I, I want to believe, but I want to take you on a little road trip. Everybody ready for a road trip? Road trip. Woo! Road trip. All right. So when you think of a road trip, what do you think about? Do you think about, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great time. We're going to get in the car. We're just going to drive. Snacks. Yeah, my wife, I got to have some snacks, right? Got to, you know, road trip, man. I mean, when you think about what, what comes up in your mind when you hear road trip? Well, you think about all those things probably, if you like most people. But you're also, you have in mind an ultimate destination where you're going to, right? You're saying, man, I can't wait till I get there. I don't know about you, but that, that's what I think about when I think about a road trip. We're going to have fun. We're going to have exciting. Well, you know, here's the thing. There's more to a road trip, though, than just that. And we got to get the car ready. We got to wash it. We got to pack it. Okay. And then we got to be stuck in that car for all those hours. Right? And I got to stop for gas along the way. Oh, man. And then i got to pay attention to all these road signs, right? I mean, all these road signs. i got a distance road sign, and i got a, you know, a mile marker, and i got a U-turn, and whatever, all these different road signs I know I'm going to have to pay attention to on this road trip. So here's, here's the thing. When you think about a road trip, what do you focus on? What do you focus on? Do you focus on the ultimate destination? Yeah, I know where I'm going. And is that the main thing? Or do you kind of get distracted in the dreaded details? 
right? Oh, I got to stop for gas. Oh, I got to wash the car. Oh, I got to stay in this car all this time. What, what, what is your focus? What's your perspective? You see, our perspective on things makes a big difference, right? How, how we look at things now makes a difference, whether it's a person or whether it's someone or something. How we look at it, how we perceive it is a big deal. It's a big deal. Let me ask you this. What's your perspective of God? How do you, how do you look at God? You see, for some of us, there can be a misconception or a mistaken perspective of God that leads us to believe that God, and some would even say religion, is all about rules. That's what we're going to talk about today. Because some of us want to believe in God, but man, what's the deal with all these rules? Why do I got to do all this? It's do's and don'ts and this and that, and I can't do this, and I might be able to do that. And Man, I want to believe. But man, I just get, what, what's the deal with these rules? Well, it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> you see, if you view God as a religion, then you're going to think about the rules. If that's how you view God, following God is just a religion. I'm just going to get, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. The do's, the don'ts, the mights, the maybes. Can I do this? Well, I've come to tell you today, the real truth is that God is now and has always been about the relationship. Let me say that again. God is now and has always been about the relationship. You see, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, right? He gave them all that we needed. We talked about this in in the sermon a couple weeks back. He gave them all that they needed. He created them not for rules. He created them for a relationship with him. That's why God created them. Not to give them a bunch of rules. He created them to be in relationship, and he created you and I to be in relationship with him. That's why we were created, okay? And as part of that, the relationship was first, and then God did give them some instruction, right? He gave Adam and Eve some instruction. But most of the instruction was actually about what they could do, what they should do. He said, be plentiful, replenish the earth, enjoy the beautiful creation I've given you, name all the animals. He told them all these things that they could do do and should do. And he only gave them one don't. He only gave them one. Not 10, not 20, not 600. He gave them one. He said, there's a tree over here that's got fruit on it. You can have everything else. He told them all the coulds. He told them everything else they could do. But he said, just this one thing, don't do that. Please don't go pick that fruit and eat it. So you see, from the beginning, God didn't give us a lot of don'ts. In fact, what he gave us was a lot of freedom. He actually gave us a lot of freedom in our relationship with him. He gave us freedom to choose him. God's about freedom. He gave us freedom. But eventually, what happened? And we just, we just got to push that mark, don't we? How, how, you know what? When you, when you go someplace... 
you get to a new job, one of the first things we want to say, okay, what are the rules around here, right? Now, you know what? Most of the time when you ask that question, it's not because you want to keep them. It's because you want to know how far you can go before you violate them. Come on now. Come on. Woo. And so Adam and Eve just, they just couldn't do the one don't. (laughs) You know, we gave them one, but they couldn't even do that. Right? And so because they violated the don't, sin came into the world. Right? That separation. Sin is simply what separates us from God. But here's the thing. At that very moment, God put a plan in place to restore the relationship with him. That was always his goal. Remember, that was his goal in the beginning. And so the plan that he set in place right then and there was, okay, I'm going to provide a way to restore the relationship that I originally intended. Okay? Now, Adam and Eve's disobedience certainly had some earthly consequences. God enumerated some of those consequences to them. But he always had in his mind, I'm going, I'm going to provide a way to restore this relationship. Because you see, for God, it's always been about relationship. It's always been about, and it still is to this day. God has always been about relationship. He still is. He still is. You know, I was driving down the road the other day. And, of course, I've been kind of thinking and marinating on this message for a while. And I just started to pay attention <clears throat> for a minute. Now, I was driving, so I was still paying attention to the road. So don't, don't, don't freak out. My wife doesn't think I do sometimes. But, but I just, in my mind, started to observe all of these different road signs. I mean, there was mileage signs. There was speed limit signs. There was exit signs. There was, and then I started noticing lights. There was green lights, yellow lights, red lights, flashing lights. Turn here, don't turn here. Oh, my gosh. So many, you know, signs on the road. In fact, if you're going to go on a road trip of any distance, I would tell you you're probably going to see hundreds of road signs on your journey, right? If you were to start, I probably counted 15 or 20 just in like two miles. I mean, if you're going on a road trip, you're going to see and encounter some road signs. And so... I did, I did a little research. So I said, okay, road signs. What, I mean, what is the purpose of road signs? I mean, why, why do we even have them? And what I found is that basically road signs fall into one of two categories. They're either signs designed to give us direction or protection. You, you find me any road sign, it's going to fall into one of those two categories. It's either directional, like you have this many miles to go, or this is your exit, or it's for safety, it's for protection, right? Theoretically, the speed limit is supposed to be a protection sign, right? Don't exceed this, okay. I don't know about that, but, and you know, it's the same way with God's commandments, directions, whatever you want to call them, look at it. Every single thing he's told us is either to give us direction 
to find him or protection from either ourselves or helping protect somebody else. Go, go through it. Go through the Ten Commandments. Go through anything, and you're going to find that that's the intended purpose when God gives us information. It's either to direct us to him or protect us from harm. Always. And why is that? It's because God's desired plan is for us to reach our ultimate destination, right? This road trip called life is supposed to end in heaven. That's, that's the idea of God's road trip with us, right? And we ought to be excited about that, right? But we get off in the weeds sometimes. We focus on the, the details, the, the rules, right? Remember, God gave us these instructions not to limit us, but because he loves us. God gave us those things because he loves us. He doesn't want to limit us because he cares for us because he wants relationship with us. Now, here's the thing. God knows, and it became evident in that experience in the garden that we can't keep all the rules. I mean, Adam and Eve couldn't even keep one, okay? <laughs> Eventually, Jesus would come and, you know, start calling out the Pharisees. Because he would tell them, you guys are adding all these rules, and you, you can't even keep the, the basic ones I've given you, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because Jesus actually boiled it down to just two. And we have a hard time even doing the two, Right? I mean, do you always drive the posted speed limit? Always? Really? Do you sometimes miss an exit because you just ignore the exit sign? And here's my favorite, with which my wife reminds me all the time. Do you make an illegal U-turn from time to time? I don't know. I know I have. <laughs> you see... God recognized that we weren't going to be able to keep all the rules of the road. He knew that. And so he provided Jesus, who I would just call the ultimate road rescuer. Man, AAA ain't got nothing on Jesus. Come on now. Jesus is the ultimate AAA. (laughs) Right? Come on. I mean, he is our ultimate road rescuer. That's why Jesus came, to rescue us. Because God knew and Jesus knew that we couldn't do it. There's no way we would keep every law. Think of it this way. Let me me give you some road trip scenarios. So let's say that you set out on a road trip. And you decide, well, I'm not going to follow any of the rules. I'm going to blow through the stop signs. I'm going to do illegal U-turns. I'm going to drive as fast as I want. I'm I'm just going to disregard all the road signs and God, I hope I, get, I hope I get where I'm going. Well, number one, there's a good chance you may not ever get to where you're going, right? There's, there, there's a high probability. But let's say that you survive the drive, right? And you come to the end of the road. But at the end of the road, there's a toll bridge. The end of the road, there's a toll bridge. And Jesus is standing there at the entrance to the bridge. On the other side of the bridge is your ultimate destination, right? But you've reached the end of the road. Jesus stands there. And you say to Jesus, <laughs> I know I blow, 
I know I've blown through all the stop signs. I know I've disregarded all the rules of the road. I've, I've just done what I wanted to do. I've driven the way I wanted to drive. Somehow I've arrived here. Is there any way? Is there any way I can get to the other side? Is there any way I can get to the other side of this bridge? And Jesus would answer, if we believe his word, and I, I believe his word, he would say, yes, there, there actually is a way. I, I know you've messed up. I know you've driven the way you wanted to drive and done what you wanted to do. But actually, there is a way for you to get to the other side. All you have to do is believe in me. That's it. He would say the same thing that he said to that thief on the cross as he was dying. Yes, there is still a way. As long as you have breath, there is a way. Simply believe in me. Simply believe in me. Now, let me give you another road trip scenario. So you're one of those drivers that follows every rule. Right? Okay, I'm not going to exceed the speed limit. I'm not going to make any illegal U-turns. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to weave. I'm going to do everything by the book. Because you think that if you follow all the rules... That's going to get you to the other side of the bridge. Say, okay, man, I mean, if I follow the rules, I expect when I get to that bridge, I'm, I'm crossing. I'm good. Well, there's a man in Luke chapter 18 that kind of thought that way. And I, want to, I want to show you the interaction that Jesus had uh, with this man. It's found in Luke 18, verses 18 through 22. And this is what it says. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the ruler replied to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. I've done all those things. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing, you're still lacking. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. You know, most of the time this parable is told, and Jesus would go on to actually say, it's very difficult for a rich man to enter heaven. Some Some preachers will take this passage and use it to say, you know, be careful about where your treasure is. You know, you can't buy your way into heaven. And that's that's a way to preach this. But really what struck me about this story was the rule following. You see, this ruler thought that if I just follow the rules, I can get the reward. I can get what I want. And Jesus reminds him, no. Following the rules is great, but I am the way across the bridge, not the rules. Come on. I am the way. I I think what's interesting about this story also is that you notice Jesus doesn't discount the rules, though. In fact, he actually gives this guy props. He kind of is congratulating. Yeah, you've done these things. Remember, Jesus also said in John chapter 14, if you love me, you'll do what? You'll keep my commandments. So it's not that Jesus honors our obedience. I want you to hear that. Jesus honors your obedience. 
Jesus said, if you love me, relationship, relationship, if you love me, keep my commandments, but do it out of love, not out of obligation. Okay, so rules of the road are important. Stop signs are important. Speed limit signs are important. No illegal U-turn signs are important because they help direct us and protect us. Hear that today. Jesus didn't discount what this man had done in following rules. In fact, he congratulated him. But what he ultimately said was, the rules are fine, but without me, you're not getting across this bridge. (laughs) It's basically what he said. Paul reminds us of this also in Romans chapter 3, where he says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, Rather, through the law, catch this, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. See, the law is there only just to remind and point out to you, you can't do this by yourself. You can't do it. Without. That's the only reason the law exists and existed. But now, apart from the law, the righteous of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness, and righteousness is just a right standing with God. You're standing in the right place. It's given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who what? Believe. Not to all who follow the rules, to all who believe. Now, let me give you a third version of the road trip. Let's say we start out on the road, and we know the final destination. We, we know where it is, and we know we have a beautiful Savior waiting at the beginning of that bridge. See, we know that when we start. We know we have a bridge master who's already made a way for us to get across the bridge. See, we, um, think about this now. If you started the road trip like that, already knowing your destination is secure, not worrying about, hey, what if I get to the bridge and I can't get over? You already know you're going to be able to get over. I wonder how that would impact how you look at the road signs signs then on the journey. You know, right now, if you don't have that perspective, we can look at those road signs as being a nuisance, Right? And annoy, oh man, why can't I go 85 on a 55? How come? I want to do what I want. Right? We look at these, how come I can't make that illegal U return? There ain't nobody coming. That's what I say all the time. Come on. See, if you have that perspective, versus if you know that Jesus actually kind of put those road signs up to help you get to the destination, would you look at them differently? Would you, would, would you look at the. You would actually, I hope, we would start looking at those signs like, okay, I understand why that sign is there. Because my bridge master put it there to help direct me and protect me. To make sure that I would get to and across the bridge. Because remember, it's a toll bridge. It means there's a price that has to be paid to get to the other side. And if I knew and I know that Jesus has already paid that price, then I might be more inclined 
to want to try and follow the road signs, but now not because I have to, but because I want to, right? Not because I have to. And I'm not going to do it on my own because I know that really on my own, there's no way I can actually follow every road sign. Not going to happen. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I've got guidance. I've got direction. I've got help directing me and protecting me along the way. Man, that's, that's a good road trip. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have a flat tire. It doesn't mean I might not miss an exit from time to time. doesn't mean, you know, the trip. Any of y'all have those road trips like, yeah, you thought it was going to be one way, and, you know, you break, break down halfway through, or rain starts coming, and storms, and blow you off the road. <laughs> you know, I would drive in a trailer and 80-mile-an-hour winds one time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. you had an idea, you had this vision about what the road trip was going to be, and then all of a sudden you get out there and you find out that, hey, things aren't perfect, right? But, but, imagine that, but just knowing that Jesus was there with you the whole time, right? That no matter what happened, he's still going to get you across that bridge. That would change your perspective. That would change the way you think about this road trip called life, right? Wow. You see, we're on, we're on this journey. Another way that it's described is we're like sheep. We're like sheep. Actually, you can come now. We're like sheep under the direction of a good shepherd. What does a good shepherd do with his flock? He directs them, and he protects them. That's what a good shepherd does. That's what a good shepherd does. He doesn't let the sheep just wander wherever they want. He gives them some direction. He protects them from the wolves. Actually, that analogy is in Scripture, right? That's part of what Jesus said. I'm here to protect you from the wolves of the world, from our enemy. So envision that that we're in this flock We're sheep, and we have a beautiful, loving shepherd that through his guidance wants to direct us and protect us. You see, the shepherd, the good shepherd, desires that no one, not even one, the word says, his God's desire is that not even one would be lost. It's all about relationship. It's not about rules. It's all about relationship. So if sometimes you have a hard time believing because maybe you're put off by all the rules that you perceive God has, I hope that you leave here today understanding it's never really been about the rules as much as it's been about the relationship. God doesn't want to take your fun away. He wants to protect you and to love you. He doesn't want you to have to follow the rules without relationship. In fact, he wants just the opposite. Relationship first, and then you'll want to follow him. Relationship first. You see, God had this plan in mind all along, even before Jesus ever came. God envisioned a time when we would follow him because we loved him, not just because we had to. 
And it's back, and we see it in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 31. And this is what it says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them up out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within their hearts. It won't just be on a piece of paper or a tablet anymore or an oral tradition, which is the way things were passed down all this time. I'm going to put what I want into their hearts. Do you see the difference? Do you see what God's already doing? What his intended purpose was from the beginning was not for us to be a bunch of rule followers, but to us, for us to have a relationship with him. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God. And they will be what? My people. They will be my people. My friends, through what Jesus has done, you have the chance to live in that new covenant that God spoke to Jeremiah thousands of years ago. That's the covenant we live in now. See, Jesus already came and fulfilled all the laws. Remember, he didn't disregard the law. Jesus said, I actually came to fulfill every, he said, every dot and every cross, (laughs) every I and every T. That's what Jesus said. I came to, I came to fulfill it all so that y'all we can live in a new covenant. All we have to do now is just accept what he's done. We just have to live in the new covenant. And we can be adopted into the house of Israel. We can become part of God's family. Let me challenge you with this. Let God write in your heart the way he wants you to do things. Let him put that in your heart. You see, I want you to truly understand that all God has ever wanted from you is a relationship with you. Let me say that again. All God has ever wanted from you is a relationship with you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, sometimes we want to believe, but we get so caught up in the rules that We forget that all you really want is our heart. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will you come now and remind us again of your desire for a relationship with us. God, we love you, and all we desire is to know you and to love you and to have a relationship with you. God, will you help us today to walk in the new covenant that you've given us, the one where you write your words on our hearts. And Father, we thank you for the direction and the protection that your word provides us. We thank you for the road signs, Father. May we pay attention to them, not because we have to, but because we want to.
And God, we thank you that you sent your son to save us from our sins because we recognize that he is the only one that can. Father, our rule following doesn't make us right with you. Only Jesus does. And we thank you and we love you so much for that. In Jesus' name, we pray now. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.